And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Live from the bunker, it is Open Line Friday. Greetings to all of you who are here. Good to have all of you with us. I know it's a it's a busy broadcast day. There's a lot of a lot of shows going on this hour. Glad you're here with us. Like I said, it is Open Line Friday. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Today, you are going to get to determine a little of the subjects of what we talked about. So, uh, so uh, that's coming. Do have a couple of things here, real quick, uh, to get to here in a minute. First of all, I want to shout out everybody who's listening to this show as a podcast because this show is available on a number of podcast platforms. We've got listeners in Canada, Australia, Japan, the Philippines, Norway, the UK. Good to have all of you with us. And. We've got this to talk about at some point. Um, Empire Magazine, with their set of covers featuring Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. This is the beginning of the marketing in earnest for this movie, Indiana Jones 5. This is out on newsstands November 24th. Two different covers. One giving us a look at, not that. One gives us a look at Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Pretty good image there. And then we have this other one where he's standing and facing off against, I don't know, maybe an explosion of some sort. Could it be a time portal, maybe? I don't know. We're seeing because... we know what the rumors are. The rumors are everywhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, <coughs> anyway, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to think about all of it. I'm not sure that I want to think about all of it because, you know, it's just it's just one of those things, right? Because if the rumors are true, then... We could be facing a mess. Maybe. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's too soon to tell. We don't know for sure. But if all of the rumors are true, if everything we've been hearing about everything is true, then we're going to have us a, an interesting time. And yes, time travel has been part of all of the rumors since the beginning, since we started getting rumors everywhere, it uh, it's just one of those things where you know, that's that's just been that's just been the thing. We've we've been hearing about this from the get go, and it sounds like it sounds like it's gonna be bad. I don't know. It, I, look, I'm I'm hopeful. 
but I'm not optimistic. So I don't know. It's just going to be one of those things anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mark your calendars for December 30th. As you see up here in the corner, we've got our road to 500. We are getting closer today is episode five, 485, which means we've only got 15 more episodes, 15 more installments, 15 more discussions, conversations before we get to number 500. And right now it's on the schedule for December 30th. So we want to want to make sure that you're all here because that's going to be a big blowout episode. We're going to have some announcements. We're going to have special guests. We're going to we're going to I'm going to send invitations out to everybody who's been a guest before. So it's it's going to be one of those big hooplas, hoop as as Mrs. Boss says, a hoopdila. And uh, we'll see we'll see who shows up. We'll see what happens on that. So anyway, all right. So <coughs> excuse me. I wanted I wanted to look real quick before we open up the lines. I want to open up this this observation about what's going on over on Twitter because Twitter apparently is still around. It hasn't collapsed in a heat death or anything. And whatever is going on over there, everybody was all doom and gloom last night. I have absolutely no idea why, but media people and former Twitter employees, everybody was predicting the collapse of, of Twitter last night. There was a hashtag RIP Twitter. I mean, it was everywhere. And you saw all sorts of posts. If this is my last post, I want people to know. You know, it was like, hang on. You're making dying declarations on a social media platform that's not going anywhere. What's going on here? Our, you know, RIP Twitter was trending. And everybody was saying, it's, it's over. It's over. Twitter's done. Twitter's dead. It's nothing. Nothing's, nothing's going to come of it. And of course, this morning, Twitter is still there and it's still active and everything is still functioning the way it's supposed to, I would assume. And uh, an observation here, some analysis from Oliver Campbell. Now, Oliver Campbell is a Twitch affiliate, uh, Capcom content creator, uh, and I don't know what his background is, but he's got an interesting... Uh, analysis of what's going on over on Twitter. And it sounds correct. At the very least, it's plausible. So let's let's go through this very quickly here because this this might give us a little bit of an insight into what's happening so that we can stave off the panic a little bit. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Oliver Campbell writing here on Twitter. All right. I'm going to explain what Elon Musk is likely doing over there at Twitter. This is not a discussion on whether it's right or wrong, just what's happening. If I'm wrong, I'm sure he'll pop up and say so. What Elon is engaged in is something called whaling and culling. It's a business practice. Get through here. Uh, first, the whaling. It's a common refrain that you've got probably heard at some point or another. 10% of people do 90% of the work. That's what that tight two-week deadline for Twitter Blue was for. He was perfectly aware it was an unrealistic time frame. It was a test. By pushing for such an extremely tight deadline, Elon got to see who is actually doing work and who is resting on their laurels. Furthermore, it proved who could actually perform under extreme pressure. You know, the whole get this done or you're fired level of pressure. 
Hence, Elon was looking for the whales at the company, the heavy lift, the heavy hitting, actually producing and hard people who have been there for a while. When the whales don't have to carry dead weight, they perform like the equivalent of 10 people. Second is the culling. When you've got 90% of the people not performing, they're actually negatively impacting the 10% who are performing above and beyond. And that's why the layoffs happen. Paraphrase, it's got to change around here, get on board or get out. So by culling unproductive staff, he actually untied the hands of the productive staff, fewer obstacles to getting in the way of getting things done. It also revealed to him who was there to make Twitter a better product versus who was there to be activists. And this is a key element here because Twitter is a product. Twitter is not a place where you're going to do everything to exact change in society. That's not what Twitter is for. Twitter is a communications platform. And Elon understands that. This is a product, and it's got to be a profitable product. And if you've got a bunch of people in your employees who don't see it that way, they're not helpful to your bottom line. All right, continuing here. So now you've chopped your workforce down to people who actually perform, but they're not enough to run everything. That's why after all those people let go, there's going to be a surprise hiring of a bunch of new people. Why? Because the productive people actually know what they need to get things done. Don't be surprised if the people that are left get to be part of the interviewing process for the new people. They'll be looking for efficiency and people who don't make their jobs more difficult. So when you continually slice away the bad portions of something, all that you're left with is one of two potential outcomes. One, nothing usable. It was rotten at the core. Two, some substantially good bits you can salvage and build on. Elon is gambling on two. This is what he was talking about with Twitter 2.0. It's likely not a new Twitter, not for us. It's a new Twitter internally, how things get done, how things get rolled out, rebuilding the company with productive and more efficient people. What I'm saying is take a look at the reactions. The people that are staying at Twitter are hunkering down and working. The people he let go are the ones calling doom and gloom, and they're not wrong. The way things were done is over at Twitter. So from the outside, this looks like a giant cluster, but in what's going to surprise you uh, is that a great number of businesses are run exactly like this. There's a reason layoffs happen every single year across the world. Whaling and culling, Elon is just being very vocal. And like I said at the start of this post, I didn't say this was right or wrong. It's likely what happens. And there's a number of people responding in this thread uh, agreeing with that analysis, that this could very well be exactly what's been going on at Twitter. And this is, this is one of those things where it, it, there's an age thing. It might be an age gap, folks, because if you're young and no, no shade on anybody in the audience who's young, but young people have a tendency to miss the overall meaning of work. Some young people have a great work ethic. Don't get me wrong. Some do. But in this particular culture that we're in right now, especially given that we've been, what, two years under house arrest and we've been inculcated with this idea that we can all work at home and work remotely and just kind of do whatever just to skate, there are a lot of people who are getting back into the workforce who are having some come-to-Jesus moments 
where they're starting to realize that the way things are done are not the way things ought to be done. And they're learning some hard lessons because of it. And it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see what Twitter 2.0 ends up looking like. But no doom and gloom. Twitter's not going anywhere. It's not going to... It's not going to die on us here in the in the middle of everything and you know elon even even confirmed part of this he's like the good ones are staying the, the good ones are staying on board the good workers are still here and you know jeremy over the quartering is is saying you know you could run twitter with 500 people and he's probably not wrong maybe not 500 but you certainly can get away with fewer people if it's run more efficiently and you have your processes in place where you can automate some stuff and you can build from there. <clears throat> so everybody who's worried about the demise of Twitter, take a breath because <laughs> Twitter's not going anywhere. All right, so here's what we're going to do here. I've got, uh, let me let me give a shout out here. I've got uh, Death Angel Shadow, Dave uh, in the chat. I see, uh, I think I saw Keely in there earlier. Uh, let's see who else is in there. AI Privilege, that's, an, that's a new one. Welcome to the program. Good to have you along with us. And I know, look, I know there's a lot going on this hour. Carrie Smith has got uh, uh, Natalie and Michelle from Force of Light Entertainment on right now. We got Midnight's Edge in the morning is still on. So I'm glad you're here. If you're here in replay, I'm glad you're here. It's always good to have people here. It, whatever time of day that you manage to catch the show. So anyway, all right. So let us do this. What are we going to do here? I'm going to put the link in the chat and I'm going to pin it to the top <coughs> so those of you who want to join the show there it is you can join the show and be a part of the program uh, let's let's keep it quick ish let's uh, keep it pithy stay on stay on point uh, we're not I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into the FTX stuff today. I know it's kind of technology-related with the crypto and stuff, but it's still a mess, and that story is still unfolding. So there will be discussion of that probably next week, and I imagine we'll probably touch on it a little bit during our Money Talk episode on December 7th, if we don't do it sooner. And I know the gang over at Comics Division is going to be talking about it on Monday night show, so... Uh, plenty of other places to discuss that, and we'll see how it plays out. But in the meantime, I mean, there's other things to talk about. We talk about this Indiana Jones fiasco, because that's what it's going to be. We can talk about Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. We can talk about box office predictions for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I Personally, I don't think it's going to get past $750 million. It might do 800. It has to do at least 800 to break even to start showing a profit. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's I don't I don't think it's going to do very well. I think uh, I think it's going to it's going to underperform. 
Uh, we were looking at some of the numbers last night over on Comics Division's uh, Thursday Night Throwdown. It is tracking right now to do less than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And so week to week, we'll see what the drop is. I think uh, box office week to week is going to go probably a good 65% drop, 68%. It's got to be bad. It's going to be painful. And somebody over at Disney is going to have a very uncomfortable conversation as a result, I think. Which which raises a question. Now, this is I don't think this is what's going on. I don't. But let me throw a what if out there at you. Let me give you some context first. Now, a while back, before Bob Chapek's new deal with the board, we had a rumor, we had word, there was a report that Chapek got all of the creatives together and was going through all of the different things, plans and schemes, what do we got, what are we doing, where are we going? And when it was Feige's turn, when it was Kevin Feige's turn to talk about where the, the, the Marvel Universe was going next, he was all about Iron, Ironheart, Riri Williams. And the report was, now again, this is rumor, the report was that Bob Chapek turned around and said, why are you focusing on her? Her books don't sell. And apparently, there's a little bit... <clears throat> Of a, of a rift, a disagreement, possibly, between Bob Chapek and Kevin Feige. Now, what if, and I'm not saying this is the, the case, all right? I'm just throwing out here a, a speculation. I don't think that Kevin Feige is this kind of person, but it's Hollywood politics. But what if Kevin Feige is letting Victoria Alonso burn the MCU to the ground because he doesn't want Bob Chapek to succeed. Now, again, that's a wild speculation. And I don't think that's happening. But this day and age, nothing would surprise me. It really wouldn't. And then we've got word now that Walter Hamada has set up a deal. He's going to hang his shingle over at Paramount. What if they give Walter Hamada Star Trek? I don't know. I don't know about that. Can you see? Oh. Okay. How would that work? Do you think they would give Walter Hamada Star Trek? I don't think they would. Not as not as long as well. I mean, I, mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Bad Robot's pretty much locked into the place at, at that point. However, the deal's got to expire at some point. And I think there's, what, one more year on Secret Hideout, which is Kurtzman's outfit, I wonder how long we have until Paramount's deal with Bad Robot expires. Because J.J. Abrams is over there at Warner Brothers. 
stirring up a bunch of stuff. Of course, all of his projects are getting canceled at Warner Brothers. So what does he have left? Mission Impossible? Star Trek? And what else? What if? I I don't know that that would be an improvement, honestly. It would certainly be something different. But what if they give Star Trek to Walter Hamada at some point? Because they've got a new executive over there now. And Walter Hamada's over there now. I don't know. I don't know. Good question here. Dave says, about four months ago, there was talk about Paramount selling off their studio grounds. It's been quiet. wonder if it's still a possibility. Um, actually, partially, we do know that the CBS Studios facility was sold. Uh, I haven't heard about the Paramount lot being sold. Um, but this day and age, you never know. I mean, Hasbro's getting ready to sell E1. Their their film and television division is is about to get sold. They're putting it up, which surprises me because I figured they would sell uh, Wizards of the Coast first. But it actually kind of makes sense to keep Wizards of the Coast right now because they're doing the whole 30th anniversary Magic the Gathering thing, right? So you do the whole 30th an 30th anniversary of Magic. You sell off all of that stuff. You get all the hype going. It raises the value of Watsy, and then you sell it. But don't be surprised if we if if you get the news in the next six months or so. And that's a complete guess on my part. But don't be surprised if we get the news that Hasbro is going to be selling Wizards of the Coast. That's coming. I figured it would happen first. Because we've been hearing rumors about it for a long time, and Neon and, and Geeky over at uh, Clownfish TV have been talking about it. This has been something that's been in the works, at least as far as the rumors go. We've been suspecting that Hasbro was going to get rid of Watsy at some point. But you had the whole new TSR and the Gygax stuff happen and all of that stuff, which might have thrown a wrench into all of that. And now you've got Magic's 30th anniversary. I would imagine they're at least holding on to it for for that. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Because if the if the <coughs> if the merchandise companies like Hasbro, the toy companies, Mattel, let's let's keep an eye on Mattel. Because Mattel could be getting ready to sell something. I haven't heard anything, but that would be another one to keep an eye on because Hasbro sells theirs. What if Mattel sells theirs? What if Mattel Films goes up for sale? And then you start getting the rest of these because the economy is in the tank. However anybody wants to describe it, we're in a recession. We have been for several months, and I know the government wants to deny it, I know that Janet Yellen doesn't know anything about what she's doing. Oh, no, we're not in a recession. No, he's in a recession. We're in a recession, folks. We have been for a while, and we will be for a long while. Because reasons. But 
these companies, I mean, we're seeing it now with all of these tech layoffs. You know, Amazon's laying off. Facebook, Meta. Meta's had all these layoffs. We're going to start seeing more and more and more of this as companies trim down because they can't afford to stay in business the current model. Nobody can. I mean, the pandemic killed off a lot of small business, and the economic recovery has been stagnant. I don't care what President Asterisk says. We are in a very bad position economically. The world is in a, good, is in a bad position economically. And I know that's good for Klaus, but it's not good for us. And you look at some of the stuff that's been going on, these companies, these major big companies, have been riding that wave of everybody ordering online, everybody getting it delivered, everything's sitting at home. But now, <laughs> excuse me, now that wave is crashing on the rocks of the recession. And you're not going to have people able to just keep spending, keep spending, keep spending. And we're not going to keep it. We're not going to be able to keep printing money because inflation's out of, out of control right now. So these companies are having to adjust for all of this. And in order to stay afloat, we're going to have to start trimming the fat. Twitter's doing it. Meta's doing it. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is doing it. We've got Disney about to lay off a bunch of people. All of that's coming everywhere, folks. If you work for a major corporation of any sort, whether it's in the tech sphere or the entertainment or news or production or anything, cuts are coming. And they're going to be deep cuts and they're going to be painful cuts. And right before Christmas and going into the first quarter, you're going to have a lot of it. So just buckle up and get ready and and stock up. Prep as much as you can, you know, food, supplies, whatever, because if you end up being one of the ones that loses his job, you got to have something to fall back on. You got to have some some kind of, of resource that you can have to hand while you're looking for work someplace else. And I, I don't want to I don't want to be blackpilled on this. I don't want to be doom and gloom on this. But there's going to be a lot of pain in the next year. And it's not just going to be tech people. It's going to be everywhere. <coughs> and it par I'm partially grateful, happy of the fact that all of my staff is volunteer. Because then I don't have to fire anybody and say, we just can't afford to have you anymore. I would love to be paying my people. Don't, don't get me wrong. That's, that's a... A very important goal for me is is to be able to pay my people here. And one of these days, maybe we'll get uh, we'll get some way that we can do this. But in the meantime, we just keep going the way we go, making connections, networking. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so Dave says, Being in Ohio, watched a Christmas story Christmas, expecting exteriors to have been shot in Cleveland. To my shock, 
The entire film was shot in Bulgaria. <laughs> you know, that doesn't surprise me. Bulgaria is very cheap, as far inexpensive for film productions, and they've got a lot of resources over there. So, you know, it is uh, it is a, a favorite place right now. It's, a, it's, it's very tax-friendly. It's very expense-friendly. Um, but, yeah, you would think that you'd at least want to go to Cleveland to shoot some background plates and some interstitials and some establishing shots and whatnot in order to jump that in there and say, hey, we're in Cleveland. <sighs> anyway, yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, Pop Fan Sant in the chat. Good to see you, sir. Hope uh, hope everything's going well for your channel. You can go check out uh, check out Pops. He's got some some good stuff over there. And I do uh, also recommend that you check out Carrie Smith's channel, Deprogrammed. And of course, most of you are familiar with Midnight's Edge. They're doing their stuff, and uh, I I have it. Okay, let me let me ask. Well. Let me take a break, and then I want to ask you a question. I want to get your feedback on something. And uh, hang on. We'll, we'll be back. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Until you unsubscribe in a sudden but inevitable betrayal. We found out the president of, of Wizards of the Coast just got promoted and is now going to be running Hasbro. And here, this whole time, we were sitting there thinking that they were getting ready to sell Wizards of the Coast. And they might. Maybe we, we want to keep him. All of the rest of you go away. The H2O Podcast, Monday night at 8, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here along with all of you. It is Open Line Friday. So uh, if you want to jump in here, you're more than welcome. If not, that's fine too. But let me ask a question here. Let me uh, let me throw this out here because I don't know... I don't know if this is going to be a thing or not. So we're coming up on 500 episodes of December 30th. It's the end of the year, and there are things that we're going to be doing, and that's going to be a fairly big blowout blowout episode. <clears throat> hey, Cam, good to see you. Um, I did I did get your email. Yeah, we're we're I'm I'm working on some things here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I apologize for the coffee, folks. This this just will not let go. All right, so here's here's a question. I want to get your feedback because a lot of you are in this audience on the regular, and you're also part of the audience for a number of other channels, and it's starting to get a little crowded at various different points of the day. And... We've been doing this at the 1 p.m. Eastern hour since we came back with this show. And there are a number of other channels that are doing shows at this same time. And I don't see all of us as competition. 
because we're doing our own thing. Everybody's doing a different kind of thing, different kinds of shows, different kinds of conversations, different topics being covered and whatnot. So it's not really so much trying to avoid competition as it is maybe we avoid crowding a little bit. And I, I don't know if it would be a smart move to start an hour later. I don't know. This is this is a completely unrefined thought. I I don't have right now. I don't have any plans to change the schedule other than, you know, we've gone Monday, Wednesday, Friday now, which now puts us directly opposite Midnight's Edge and now also Carrie's channel and I know there are there are some other stuff that's going live right now. <clears throat> so, you know, and and some of you you know, you're on your lunch break or you're, you're in meetings or whatnot with work. Would it be better? And again, this is this is an unscientific poll here. Just a little bit of, of market research. Would it be better to do this on a later hour? I don't I it We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So we do have coming into the stream. Pops Van Zandt, hello, sir. How are you? <sighs> well, you know, <clears throat> I ran into this issue myself. Okay, I used to do Monday Madness during Monday Night Football. Yeah. Because it was a great time. It was just perfect for comic people who aren't interested in Monday Night Football. They, you know, and then I took on a co-host who lives in the U.K., Ah. So we moved the show up to four o'clock in the afternoon, which works really well because you get Australian people just getting out of bed. You get the UK people before they go to bed. And, you know, the US, of course, all across the afternoon evening. Right. Right. So, I mean, I put a lot of thought into timing for my own personal shows. And then I actually moved it up again an hour because Rich just could never make it through a whole show. He'd always be falling asleep halfway through the show, and I'd be like, man, just go to bed. And I decided we'd move it up to 3 o'clock, right? Okay, then it just became, I, I realized that it isn't the time slot, because everybody's being told, go build your own YouTube presence. Right. Of course we're going to step all over each other. Everybody's <laughs> being told to do that by the guys who all hang out in a big group. That's a good point. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm building a big group. We got 25 shows on my channel now weekly, wow. as well as Cromcon. As matter of fact, Cromcon's kind of getting phased out because we do have enough content to do what I'm planning, which is I'm building a Roku network. Bro. There you go. And you are more than welcome to send us recorded your recorded episodes, and we'll stick them in the programming. Or if you want to do it live and, and your time slot is available, it's yours. You know, I mean, it's like we're we're in the development stage, but we do have somebody who has experience building a Roku channel, has yeah. already done this a couple, couple times. We do have another network we're merging with, uh, the Dorkening. We're talking to them. We're we're all kind of sharing each other's content and stuff right now and getting each other's audience acclimated to these other kind of shows because I don't want everybody, to, I don't want it all to be the same. I yeah. want it to be variety, you know? 
So uh, right now, you turn into our network, you get all kinds of different stuff. We got gaming streams and draw streams and a couple of talk shows and, you know, just everything, right? So the invite's out there. If you have content and you're struggling with trying to get seen, we are bringing people in and then sh- and then broadcasting their stuff to all different places, well, trying to get you seen in as many places as possible. And it's funny you mentioned that because we have talked for a number of years now since uh, since we came back in, in 2019. The idea of doing a Roku channel has been out there on the radar just just mm-hmm. as as an alternative, because especially especially when you get into, you know, all of the changes in the algorithms for YouTube and and, you know, the shenanigans that are going on there. And Indiegogo is now deciding to not play nice, and you've got they all the stuff. They can shut us down anytime they want. If we don't build something of our own, yeah, yeah, we're susceptible to their rules, to their whatever. You know, it's like, yeah. And I think a Roku channel is a good alternative. I think also, you know, if and there's a number of people I know. Clown, uh, Neon's talked about this over at Clownfish. It's setting up, you know doing your own website again we're back <laughs> we're back yes. to the 90s yes. where you know I, but everybody I've been saying that since up. i came into this that crowdfunding didn't work for me personally as a fan because i don't want to pay 10 bucks every time i want to book yeah shipped i don't want to you know i want to go to my local comic store grab your book and his book and his book and his book off the shelf and drop them on the counter and walk out with them all and not have to pay shipping this this to me that's all we're doing is making Bezos rich. <laughs> we're not making each other rich, you guys. Think about it, okay? The real story is getting your books into the brick and mortars. That's where comic fans still go to buy comics. The challenge with that, though, is you still got to... Oh, I know the challenge. Still... I'm about to take it on, brother. I'm about <laughs> to take it on head on. But there's not okay? as many There's not as many comic shops anymore. I mean... Well, yeah, there's still a lot, though. There, but, I mean, there's, there's still a lot. There's still you like know, 1200 um, the, the maybe 1500 in the US. They let people like like Diamond shut their doors. Yeah. And see, I want to build something that hey, I'm not Diamond. We're not Diamond. <laughs> we're gonna, we're not going to shut your doors because somebody caught a cold. You're going to get our books. Yeah. Well, you're going to get whatever we're producing, games, books, whatever it is. If we told you we're going to deliver bi-monthly, we're going to deliver bi-monthly no matter, you know, what um Diamond says, I don't want to be in diamond. I don't want to be, have somebody else controlling what we do. Yeah. Well, and I think anybody else, any third party to be able to control what we do. Yeah. And that sounds a lot like broadcasting or just distribution or anything. Yeah. It sounds a lot like what Peter Samedi has been doing over at Alterna, setting up his own, Mm -hmm. his own distribution there in house, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, it's the smart way to go. You, you're like you said, you're not under anybody else's thumb. You can control it yourself. You know, Eric July is doing it. Mandy Summers is doing it. Uh, we're starting to see a lot more of that, you know, not just with the comics people, but, you know, channels are talking well, about how do we set up where we broadcast to our website. We're going to we're going to bypass all of this, you know, uh, machine. And that, that was why build a network and bring everybody to one place seemed like made more sense than everybody I mean, as far as the networking, yeah. as far as the, the promotion and, and marketing, you got to go. Everybody's got to have one big place to go to like they do. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like they got this huge thing. Well, if we don't build our own huge thing, we're all going to stay little. Yeah. yeah I'm I trying agree. to build a huge thing for everybody, right? Um, yeah, it's yeah. long game. I'm I'm not expecting this to to uh, just next year. All of a sudden, I'm going to be making a million dollars. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I'm trying to get eyes on people's stuff. Yeah, and marketing, you know, direct marketing and stuff is part of that. I have something to offer retailers. I have a network where comic fans watch, and we build this Roku network. When everybody's different audiences are all coming to that one place, and I can go to the retailer and go, "Hey, man, put an ad up on my up, up on our network." I mean, do that. Well, yeah, check out these games and books that our friends do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll and we'll come see, come saw. We'll put you up there. You put us up there. The the connections and the networking is valuable. I mean, that's one of the, there's there's. You know, a number of stories of companies buying other companies just so they could get the customer base. You know, this is what I'm saying. It's all about marketing, man. You, um, some people understand and they do it really well, but they don't necessarily give the bad advice out to other people. Yeah. You kind of got to learn these things on your own. Look, man, I started doing this three years ago. I had no intentions of anything like what this thing is. It outgrew me so fast. I got so many other people involved in this helping me make this work. Because, wow, it's it's a lot of moving parts, man. You know, when I when I look back at what we've built just in the last two months since we started talking about building the network, we've had a whole bunch of people bring their shows to our channel. We're doing replays of the Baron Earl show. We're doing replays of Ask Chuck Dixon. We're doing all kinds of stuff over here now. You know, it's like, hey, roll with it. And now, broadcasting been, everywhere. I've seen uh, I've seen Chuck Dixon stuff over at Critical Blast as well, and it seems like this is this is the thing that uh, some channels are starting yeah, well, to I'm, do. I'm, where I shared it to I shared it to RJ's channel too because he's part of our network. Okay. See, all I right. got like sixty or so destinations I could take your show and send it to, and I can say. Um, here's a list. If you know any of these places or places you definitely want your show to go, let me know. I'll ask them if it's okay if we put it on their network. And if they say, yeah, then it goes there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, eight, eight, ten. I think right now I can go to 10 different destinations for anybody's show. Nice. Which means I can put you in front of audiences. You better that don't know who you are. That's well, how we grow. We'll, we don't keep we'll talking to, in the same echo chambers, right? Yeah, we'll have to talk a little bit further about this. I'll send you an email a little bit. Uh, <laughs> also also joining us, Death Angel Shadow yeah. is uh, in here uh, joining us. Uh, let me, hang on, hang on. Let me see. Let me. Pull. That's a Cubs hat. Holy crap. That's a Cubs hat. You must be around here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm in no, Tennessee. All right. All right. I'm not there either, but I'm close. How are you, sir? I was born, I was born near there. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Already had a couple of meetings this morning for work, so you know. All right, we're putting uh, we're putting Pop's channel in the chat, so anybody wants to go see what he's doing over there, there you go. You can find that. So, uh, DS, what you what you got going today? What where where are we with all of this mess? Do you think? 
Oh, which mess? <laughs> There's a lot right. of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm 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 really worried about the Indy Five thing. Uh, yeah, I'm really worried about that. Still like Andor. <laughs> I know a lot of people say it's boring, but I like it. It's 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 pretty good. I, I gotta be honest with you. I've been so busy the last couple months. I ain't had time to watch nothing. Well, you know, and and the thing is, is if you're gonna watch it, you want to watch it at least at least three episodes at a time. You yeah. don't want to just watch the first or, or second episode. Yeah, you got to watch three of them because it's always it seems like, uh, you know, the it takes them a little while to get them rolling. Well, basically. yeah, yeah. The first one is kind of like the intro, and the second one is like a little story building, but then the 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 uh, climax is the third episode and yeah. then it starts over again the next time around there have been people who've who've noticed that pattern it's set up set up action and then yep. we're back to that which which every third episode is 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 the action one yeah which makes it even more questionable that disney's going to decide to put the first Drop two episodes first two. And not the first three. Right. And we're like, wait a minute! You're going to put the two the the two most boring episodes boring of the show episodes, yes. out there <laughs> in right. order to try and to get more audience. Expect everybody to wait for the next one. That's that's not going to expect gonna... everybody to wait. Yeah, right? and like on the edge of your seat. Wait a minute! That was boring. I'm not like on the edge of my seat right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I understand I, that. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. Why they yeah. why they'd be doing that? Uh, that's so. weird. I I, I don't say, either, I honestly because. Because yeah, the first episode, especially the first one, and and even the into the second one, it's the second one's kind of neat because you get introduced to some characters that, you know, uh, you know. But the but the first one, they, they they don't do a lot of the jumping back and forth as it moves on, which is which was my biggest complaints about the first couple of episodes was there was a lot of flashbacks, flashback, yeah. flashback. Yeah, and. And we and, and what, we still don't have the payoff for any of that, really. Yeah, well, I mean, you get his background, you get where he came from, but they really could have just started with those flashbacks, and you know, instead of throwing them in, yeah. It, it's kind of disjointing or disjointed it. I'm trying to say it takes you out of the story. They need an editor. <laughs> they, they, they should have taken all those sequences and put them in at the beginning. So you saw him. I don't want to spoil a montage of, of his previous life. Basically. Well, it's, it's really, it's of his previous life. <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you get what I mean. Yeah. When he was, when he was young. So, um, but uh, too much Kwai Chang, Kwai Chang Kang going going. But, but it's very yeah, it's very it's very jarring when you like suddenly you're like oh you're back now and he's he's back to being you know eight or ten or whatever how old ever he's supposed to be and it's like uh, I don't know yeah it's, but it's not structured very well. <clears throat> but but uh, you know, and I think somebody pointed out it says really it was supposed to be a movie and they just they Kathleen Kennedy chopped it up into. 30 to 45 minute segments. Well, you know? I know I know Kenobi Kenobi had been conceived that way and that was a mess and it's entirely possible that Andor Andor was going to be some set, some sort of a pre-prequel film, but you know what's going on over at Lucasfilm right now is 
anybody's guess to try to figure out what anybody is doing <laughs> over there. So everywhere is anybody's guess. It is so <laughs> so weird to see any of that. But the story is good, and it, I mean, it's definitely for a more mature audience, which is cool. Um, you know, there is a lot more gratuitous violence, if you will, and yeah, nothing that I don't think other perhaps than language that couldn't air on broadcast television. They would probably have to change some language if it did air. Is it is it supposed to air on ABC itself? It's or? going to air on a number of different networks. It's going to air on ABC. It's going to air on Freeform. It's going to air on a couple of uh, what? FX. FX and Hulu. FX. Yeah. Now on on the cable networks, they're not bound by the FCC restrictions, but the broadcast ones are. Right. Um, right. A lot of people don't don't understand that concept. I know you do, but. You know, a lot of people out in the public, they're like, well, how come the FCC, does, well, the FCC doesn't regulate content on cable channels? They yeah. don't, they don't have that authority. They regulate whether or not the, you know, cable lines are leaking and interfering with my radios. Yeah. Trust me. Hey, <laughs> I run into that daily. Every time it gets wet, I got to, oh man, you know, got that radio repeater again. But, um, uh, you know, I, but yeah, you definitely. I don't understand the whole. Why would we put the two, the two most boring episodes without putting the third one on there? They should just put it all as a kind of a, you know, show the whole thing because it's not really miniseries type material like that. Yeah. You know, it, um, Why don't they just get that one chick out the way and let people make a movie if they want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I was really really impressed with the uh, what was it Tales of the Jedi. Uh, yeah, the animated thing. Either of you have you caught that yet? I've, yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's, I it, it, I wanted Tales of the Sith now. You know, I think a lot of people would talk yeah, about and, that. You know, it it wasn't what I was expecting, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it and that's I mean that is a very much a it jumps around a lot in in time yeah but but each episode is kind of its own little it kind of plugs a hole here and fills a gap there you know yeah um the voice of yaddle kind of threw me off (laughs) (laughs) right very 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 you know you're so used to yoda the way he speaks and then you're like, here, Yaddle, and she's got like this British accent, and, right. and you're like, which what? is odd because it's Bryce Dallas Howard, and it's like Bryce Dallas Howard is not British. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'd I'd seen uh, where did I see somebody somebody had posted that Frank Oz had put out at one point long, long, long time ago when they were talking about you know the syntax of how Yoda talks. And uh, Frank Oz had kind of put this out. It's apocryphal. There's nothing canon about it. But he's basically saying, well, Yoda talks that way because he's honoring one of his mentors that talked that way. And I was like, well, okay, you can paper it over that way, I guess, and lampshade it. But (laughs) But why? Does it make any sense? Why make it so, so like. But this um, goes um, goes back to the whole thing. I don't know. 
why make it so worshipful for to his yeah. master? Is that what he wants everybody to worship him and talk like he does? I don't think so. That's I, I, not who he I was. I mean, when, when, when Grogu actually talks, is he going to talk like Stewie from Family Guy? Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right? I'm just... Uh, yeah. And this is the problem. Well, right now he's Maggie Simpson. You yeah. know that. But right this is the problem Maggie. that we've got with all of Disney stuff is is they have this compulsion, this this desperate need for everything to be everything to be connected and for all of the holes to be filled in and for there to be no gaps. And so you have this, you know, this part of the story is in the book and this part of the story is in the comic book and this is over here in the video game and this is in the TV show and you have to have all of it in order to understand what's going on. And too many people have sat there and said, I don't want to do homework, I'm out. Aside from the fact that these are terrible stories or they're at least boring stories or they don't make any right. sense, they're not necessarily like, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm not interested and we were talking about yeah. this on on the the uh, the throwdown last night over on Comics Division's channel. At some point, your worst position is when your and when your audience is apathetic. You know, right. they can be angry, they can hate it, they can love it, they can have passion for it, whatever. But when they finally get to the point where they don't care, then your product is dead. And that's Wait. where that's where we almost are with Marvel and with Star Wars and and maybe yeah. Doctor Who. I mean, I don't know if Davies can bring it back or not, but I, I don't I, know. Oh man, I, you know, and, and I watched Doctor Who from the time I was three years old. You want to talk about Chicago? I watched it on PBS out of Chicago as yep. a kid. Yeah. From the time I was three years old and, until I moved to Florida. And then watched it there. When 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 the new when I heard about the new one, of course that's the early, still relatively early days of the internet. When I heard it was coming out, Doctor Who was coming. I found a way to get it. Yeah. You know they didn't air it in the U.S. right away. I had buddies in Europe that were getting me getting me copies because <laughs> I wanted to see it. I was that big of, of a Who fan. Guys, and, I hate to do this, but I just got a message from uh, somebody who I'm about to emulate. Uh, I got to go talk to Mike Barron, and you know how he does it. When it's time to go, he just time goes, go. right? <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks, Pops. Have a good one. Thanks I'll for coming in. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I just – I'm really worried about – I, I, I want to give what, – what's his name? Shooty? Shooty got what? I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to give him a chance. I, you know, I think they need to move away from the whole relationship thing with the doctor and, and the, the companions. Um, I, I'm hearing it was cute. that we're going to get uh, an announcement. Well, let me look here because we might have gotten it because BBC was teasing yesterday, last night. That uh, we were going to get a uh, a reveal on the companion because we heard that uh, secret auditions had been um, had been conducted back in September. Right. Uh, let's see here, BBC. See, I don't, I don't see anything yet, but they're teasing an announcement. 
12 hours ago, they posted, Get ready to meet the new Doctor Who companion tonight, exclusively on BBC Children in Need in the UK. So part of their fundraising program or whatnot, at some point during the Children in Need program, they're going to announce the new companion for Judy Gatwa's Doctor. So we'll be reporting on that during Good Morning Multiverse tomorrow morning. What so. what time does that air? Uh, um, in, in I'm not Europe? sure. Because um, it's 7 p.m. now in the UK. Yeah so. it it may be uh, it may be going on now. Let's let's see. Um, that means the news is going to break here within a couple of hours, supposedly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I would think so. Let's see if it's. I wonder if they're broadcasting over on YouTube. Let's see here. Up oh, here. we Oh, TARDIS Zone. We've got an official reaction live stream that's going on right now. Oh. So, possibly, we've gotten it. Let's see here. See if anything's been announced today. Now, all of it says it's the companion will be revealed tonight. So it doesn't look like it's been announced yet. So it's probably going to come in another hour or two. I'd say I'd say we're close to it. Yeah, I'd say within two hours. Yeah, because it'll be nine o'clock by then, and you know that's usually unless they're going to do something on Graham Norton or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they always like to do that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that's the. The the best venue for that, but you but, never know. But they never, they, got, they always do it. Follower. They yeah. always they always have the doctor on Graham Norton, and, yeah. and he's he's kind of funny. Um, you know, I you know, I, and I tried to give Jody uh, a chance. I really did. I watched the first six episodes, and I just got uh, like you were saying with Star Wars. I got browbeaten so bad. It was like literally they were saying everything I believed was bad. To the yeah. point where I'm just like, eh, I give up. <laughs> I just stopped watching. Yeah, and, and, that's, uh, and that's the thing, you know. Again, you get back to the you get back to the apathy part. Right. And once once you're at that point, then you know it's really hard to get people back. I I mean, you know what the first words out of my mouth were when my wife and I walked out of uh, seeing the Last Jedi. The first words out of my mouth. The first word out of my mouth was, "Huh." <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. That's yeah. literally. I just went. I don't know what to think. Yeah. Uh, I was stunned. I was shell shocked. I was just like, you know, and and I only saw that movie once. Me you too. know, I, I went. We we saw. We saw. Um, you know the the, the the episode seven, I guess. Probably three times in theaters, because um, it was it was good. I knew what it was. I knew it was going to be a rehash. I knew it was going to be a, you know, uh, I kind of expected it. Um, they're kind of rebooting the franchise, so oh, let's go bigger, better, badder. Right. <sighs> yeah, I and saw. And then it just went so sideways. Yeah, I saw. I saw Last Jedi once. Hated it. I saw The Rise of Skywalker once, just to be completest, and you know, because right. you know we're covering it. 
need to know what I I'm laughed. talking about. But it was a I, mess. To me, to me, Rise of Skywalker was literally okay. Let's undo everything that yeah. everybody complained about. Yeah, let's spend let's spend forty five minutes <laughs> erasing the, the last one, and then we can tell our new story. It, 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 it clearly it's it, space horses. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> they clearly did not have a plan, and for that no. for that alone, Kathleen Kennedy should have been fired. She should right. have been dropped like yeah, a hot rock absolutely. right then for 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 yeah. basically destroying the franchise not not from any any political or ideological thing but from a business standpoint no. she did an incredibly stupid thing in what, not what? having a cohesive plan and sitting there saying okay this is a trilogy and how do we how do we approach it how do we how do we design you know how do we sketch out the story how do we plan the marketing around all all of that there was no plan at all and that's an right. irresponsible leadership de- that you're well, dealing and then, with. And then, and then announcing all of these different projects and then all of them to be canceled. And announcing something and then, you know, something's in production and you fire the director or the directors yeah. or the producers or this or that. You know, it's just, it's like, uh, like you said, uh, ineffective leadership. And, you know, again, going back to Indy 5, I'm just... Uh, you know, I watch Doomcock. <laughs> I know what he's been saying for a couple of years. And uh you know, I I, I follow I follow everybody because you, know, you see me on comics all the time. Um, always hanging out on, on them. I missed I missed it last night. Um I don't know what I was doing. Sleeping probably <laughs> probably falling asleep. It was a good talk because uh, we were we were looking at the MCU and, and the feminization of it. Um, and it's really interesting because all of the, all of the, uh, the, the media, the access media that keeps talking about how, well, there's always been strong female characters in the MCU. That's not the argument. They're completely missing the, the, the overall premise of the main complaint is that you're, you're swapping, you're swapping characters, you know, and at the same time, you're emasculating all of the male characters. Right, making them look stupid. Yeah. 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 And it's like you don't have to put somebody down to lift yourself up or to lift up another character. You know, you, it, it, that's not that's not actually – if anything, it makes you look bad when you do that. You know, yeah. putting other people down to make yourself look better just makes you look bad, you know. Yeah. And you know, like I said, it's – you get you you can only take so much and then you get apathetic. Yeah. You, know, you just you yeah. just are like, meh, I'll go do something else. Well, it you know, and wizard. what about has a good point. They're not they're not missing the point. They're just being dishonest. And and I think there there's a there's a good yeah. bit of that as well because we've seen that now how many times from from the access meeting. Not just talking about uh the the Star Wars, you know, the Phantom Menace stuff, but Comicsgate, Gamergate, uh, the sad puppies, all of these groups that are basically consumer movements that come up and say the quality of your product sucks. It needs to do better, and we get painted out to be, you know, istophobes. You know, they'll they'll call us whatever name is is the the insult du jour at the time, and nothing gets right. done. Nothing nothing improves. 
And so you get yep. these characters, you get these people in the audience that they go, okay, fine. You don't want to make it any better. I'm not going to do business with you. I'll keep my money. Well, I mean, you you saw. Uh, I don't know if you saw what I posted in the uh, in the uh, uh, the YouTube chat earlier um, about Wizards of the Coast. Um, they're they're tripling down on on their what they're doing. Um, oh yeah, with, know, the, with the sensitivity, sensitivity experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and it's like. You, you got. I mean, we're, we're literally gonna. They might as well just just print books with you know without words, with no pictures. <laughs> just send us a send us a bound bound book of of empty pages because that's basically what they're, um, you know, they're gonna give us something that's just so meh. Yeah. That it's, you know, the stuff yeah. I'm ordering. I'm ordering. You know, when I order books, I've been ordering the Goodman Games stuff. I, you know, I. Mm. It's all the old stuff reprints. Yeah, they're great. Well, they're, they're and, books. That... And you look at some of the toys that are being that are being put out there now. They're all retro stuff. You know, the new Mara J yeah. figure. We've got a Boba Fett that's in the Kenner packaging. That's the old retro Boba Fett Kenner stuff. Uh, Dave's got a uh, question here. Do we know if Disney used the same contract booking scheme for Black Panther Two as they did for the Last Jedi? Are you talking about uh, buying the tickets for the, the for the the theaters and giving them away to people, they might have been maybe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, given, given how the box office has been going right now, maybe not as much. I mean, we know they did it for Captain Marvel. Well, what did I, I hear know. that? Okay. So, so whatever, whatever it costs to make it double that. Yeah. For, yeah. For marketing. Is yeah, you've so, got so what used to be called uh, P&A, so you'd have prints and advertising. Nowadays, you're not having to make uh, a film, uh, you know, film copies, you know, prints of the of the film. It's all digital files. But at the same time, your marketing and advertising cost is about as much, generally, as it costs to actually make the film. So if it takes you $250 million to make the movie— you're going to be spending upwards of another two hundred to two hundred and fifty, two hundred seventy-five thousand, or two hundred fifty-seven, two hundred seventy-five million, in order to market the thing. So TV, radio, advertising, newspaper ads, right. giveaways, and you know, all these kind of things, and you know the merchandising, the giveaways, and so Black Panther, by estimates, Black Panther needs to make at least eight hundred million before they're making a profit. Right, and I don't think they're going to do it. I, th I I think they're going to be somewhere between seven fifty and seven seventy five, and that's and that's all they're going to do. And yeah, a lot of and that's going to be global. It's not going to be you know you're not going to have a very high domestic number. And you know, like we were talking about last night, right now it's tracking to come in under what uh, Doctor Strange two did, which I think was like nine hundred. So. I, it's not. It's not going to do well, and the week to week drop is going to be probably a good sixty, sixty five percent. Right, right. Yeah. You know, I I, I saw I saw um, the two pack of uh, Top Gun in in Walmart when I was there yesterday, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I I don't even have anything to play it on, and I almost bought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, because it was really good. My wife and I. That was the first time we went to the theater since uh, Last Jedi, or no. Um, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. We went and saw Rise of Skywalker once, and I hadn't been to a theater since, of course, you know, pandemic and all that stuff. But, right. Um, 
but nothing had really, you know, I, I thought about going to see Ghostbusters. I did see it on, of course, they did that weird release thing where you yeah, could the get day it and date. digitally. Yeah, and, and uh, our roommate did did get it, and I liked it, you know. Um, I thought it was good. I would, I would, I would buy a set, a box set with the three movies in it. I don't want the the 2016 one. <laughs> no, no. no. I saw that one too. I was like, oh, no, no, no. <clears throat> yeah. But, but, um, you know, that's the thing. You know, we're not we're not saying, at least I from you know what I see. We're, people aren't saying, aren't complaining because they're you know strong female characters because I I think I've pointed out. On comics and other stuff, I'm like, you know, you had you had uh, you know Wonder Woman and you had you know um, uh, what uh, what's her name, Wilma Daring, Colonel Daring, and you know you had all of those even in the 70s, you know you had those strong female characters, uh, Ripley, um, you know, uh, Bi- Bionic uh, Woman, you had uh, right. Wonder Woman, you had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and they were they were great. I mean, yeah, yeah, they were. You know, I'm sure they weren't. They 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 were they were good looking women as well. But you know that. But but that's not the only thing. You know, they had good stories. They had good. You know, and so they we we had that. Um, I mean, look at you know Terminator. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the original Terminator, Sarah yep. Connor. You know, I mean. That was the eighties, but you know, early eighties, you know, so we had those strong women. They, we didn't have a problem with, with that. And, and I still don't, you know, but when you turn around and you take, you know, somebody that's, you know, has a following and you just like, Oh, well, you know, now we're going to replace them with this or that or the other. And I, and I think DC has come maybe to a little bit of a crossroads on that and maybe turned I, I'm interested to see what James Gunn and and uh, those guys are going to do with the new DC films. Uh, Gunn's been teasing right. some different things. He's posted out some to some pictures this week of Mr. Terrific and Jonah Hex, and people are like, "Wait, does this mean is he is he teasing new characters coming?" So who knows? Where it'll it, it's early yet, but um, I, I'm I'm encouraged by Henry Cavill actually looking like Superman in in Black Adam. When he shows up, so yeah, who knows? It's yeah. it's still early in the game on that one. We'll have to see how it plays out. Is that is that out already? Black like Adam? Out? Yeah, it's been it out for out? a couple of weeks. Is it? Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it. Is it? Is it I mean, is it good? I haven't seen it. <laughs> it I haven't seen it? it. I caught I caught the cameo. The cameos out online. Uh, I, I so. hate to be that guy <laughs> that that, but now it's almost. Having been burned so many times, now it's like I want to see what all the other people that I follow yeah, say first. I'll right? Let them, like, okay, let's, what am I supposed to think we'll about if this? Mikey likes it. We'll see <laughs> if Mikey likes it. <laughs> all know? right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we're gonna have to head out of here. I got to get prep done for tomorrow. So, uh, thanks very much for being here, part of the show, sir. No problem. And, and we will Take have care. additional conversations here. And. Oh, yeah. uh, so that's that's it for us, and we're going to uh, uh, head out ourselves. Uh, don't forget, you can connect with us on all sorts of different uh, social media, including Twitter, because Twitter's not dead. <clears throat> Find us uh, all over the place there. 
And uh, tomorrow morning, we will have our weekly wrap-up of the headlines for the week on Good Morning Multiverse, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And next week, more interviews and such. We've got uh, all sorts of things planned. Uh, Robin Stevens Pays will be here. She is uh, she is an up-and-coming author, and we'll be talking to her about her new book Wednesday. Not sure what the topic is going to be yet, but uh, it's coming. And then, of course, Friday we're taking off for Thanksgiving weekend, and then Monday and Wednesday next week we're not sure. And then another open line Friday on December 2nd. So uh, uh, be ready for all of that. We're going to do every week open line Friday every week in December. So you're going to get a chance to mouth off and uh, let us know what you think. In the meantime... Get your subscriptions on, turn the bells on, share the links, all all that good stuff. Uh, Death Angel Shadow, good to have you in the sh- in the show. Pops, uh, good to have you as well. And we will do this again next week. Folks, remember, the media is your enemy. They want you to think there are five lights, but there are four lights. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 